0: Hello and welcome to One Last Thought, your regular dose of inspiration, which today comes from The Science of Self-Learning, how to teach yourself anything, learn more in less time and direct your own education. And it's by Peter Hollins. It's actually the first in an 18-book series of self-development. And this reading is entitled The Learning Success Pyramid. The benefits of self-learning are pretty compelling, and I'm of the firm belief that anyone can do it. But as with any endeavour in life, self-learning isn't operated by a switch that you can just flick on. It's best when there's some mental and emotional groundwork in place to prepare you for success and, of course, a helpful book such as this one, Never hurts Anyone. Legendary college basketball coach John Wooden was also an astute philosopher who developed the pyramid of success. He intended it as a diagram to guide students through 15 different blocks on the course to success in their personal and practical ventures. Wooden's model has been appropriated by several others who have sought to provide roadmaps for success or accomplishment, including educator Susan Krueger. She developed the learning success pyramid, which identifies the necessary elements one must bring to ensure accomplishment in learning throughout their life. Thoughtfully, Kruger kept her number of blocks to three, down from Wooden's 15. Confidence, self-management, learning. Confidence. At the base of Kruger's pyramid is the self-conviction that we can learn, There's no way around this prerequisite and brain chemistry has something to do with it. When we receive information of any kind it travels up the spinal cord towards the neural networks of the brain. The first part of the brain to get this information is the emotional centre, before the analytical and interpretive parts. Predictably this causes some problems in our daily life, The jobs of the emotional centre is to determine if the information we get poses a threat to our security. If this part of the brain perceives a threat, then it saps chemical resources from the rest of the brain to deal with the threat. Of course, you know this as the fight-or-flight response, in which our bodies are triggered into arousal to form bodily harm in one way or another. The emotional centre doesn't distinguish between physical threats or personal ones, which means it perceives insults, harsh criticism and condemnation with the same level of alarm that it would a fist, a bear attack or an oncoming truck. It's response to a danger to our well-being, and to do so it hoards the chemicals we'd normally use for other brain-driven activity, such as learning. So motivating someone to learn by threats or reproach isn't just ineffective, it's impossible. If one is feeling hurt or mistrusted, or if they're dealing with depression, stress, difficult personal issues or fear, they don't have any resources left to help them learn. Therefore, it's important to establish a real sense of confidence that we have the ability to learn. If you're running low in this area, be kind to yourself. And take steps to affirm your learning abilities. You've learned everything in your life thus far from scratch. You may feel ignorant or that you're not good enough, and that might be true, but it's only a temporary condition. There's not a single subject you can't understand with perseverance and the occasional stretch of hard work. Resolve yourself to not giving up. Make plans for how you will learn. Be forgiving of yourself if you need to take a lot of time and mark your progress as you go along. If there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and you don't think you can follow the rainbow, it starts to feel pointless. The confidence aspect of learning is what makes it possible that you will even keep reading this book. Self-management. The next tier in the learning success pyramid is organising one's time, resources, tools and communication to ensure effective learning. And once again, this process is dedicated by how our brain handles incoming information. After our emotional centres are done processing new info, the next brain part to receive the data is the front brain or the prefrontal cortex. It's a bit like our own personal assistant. It handles motor function, memory, language, problem solving, impulse regulation, social behaviour and a bunch of other cognitive skills. When the front brain is exhausted or depleted we experience a weariness that prevents us from getting anything done. This is known as ego depletion. This has been recently disproven to some degree but it's fairly undeniable that the more you have on your plate the more tired you will grow and the less attention and effort you will put into matters in front of you. The best way to combat this brain drain is by working on self-management skills, particularly organisation. This simply means taking a lot of time ahead of any task to set up systems, routines and actions that will make the task easier to execute on an ongoing basis. Preparation is often the critical difference between success and failure, so it's vital not to rush through it. This is a skill that may have laid dormant since traditional education was all about imposing a rigorous schedule. But since we must become student and teacher simultaneously, we can't afford to neglect this. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye for now.